thanks for tuning in to this week's message on the Antioch Indy Podcast. We're a church that exists to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to make others great. We hope you encounter Jesus today while you listen to this message. Have an amazing day. Go ahead and pull out your notes and your Bibles. Has church been good so far this morning? God's not done. All right, open up your Bibles, uh, something to take notes with. If you're new to our church, we love you. If you weren't, weren't here at the beginning, my name's Andrew, lead pastor here at Antioch. And I, for one, am glad that you are here this morning. Is anybody thankful that you didn't come by yourself? You're not the only one here. Uh, I'm thankful to not be the only one here. I'd still be here if I was, right? Yeah, right. Probably not. I'd probably be sleeping if it was just me. I'm just kidding, but kind of serious. Anyways, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There we go. It's a new decade. That's exciting. That's good. Did you know uh, the Bible says that God made you at a specific time to be in a specific place? And uh, so that means you're the right, you're here at the right time. That's awesome. You're here at the right time. You're in the right place. And uh, I told the first service this too, because I was thinking about it and it's true. You're the right person in the right place at the right time. I want to encourage you with that before we even start going this morning. Open up your Bibles to two different places. Whoa, there goes a piece of paper. Two different places, Luke 19 and 1 John 3, 2020, the year of double. Two verses. Okay, that was a joke for the churchy people, but apparently that's great. We got a lot of people who can come from church. That's awesome. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. Make stupid jokes. All right, Luke 19, 1 John 3. Luke 19, 1 John 3, and have your notes out. It's going to take us a while to get to those two verses, but we will get there, I promise. And it's going to take us a while to get to, you know, like the, the, the to kind of the title of our message, but we'll get there. And uh, you've got your notes out just in case God speaks something to you along the way. Man, y'all look good in 2020. It's a good looking crew. Man, amen. Especially you, Bill. Who loves Bill Friedman? <laughs> oh, man. First ever service at 1045, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you're here. This one's a little more full than the first one, so bring your friends and come to the other one. I'm just kidding. We got plenty of room, plenty of seats. We'll set them all down. We're having fun so far this morning. First time in two services. Room looks a little different. Room feels a little different, but same God doing same amazing things and we're just excited making more space. Uh, we believe that as we make more space, God's going to fill this room with you and people like you. The people are going to get saved. There's going to be miracles happen. You're going to have life-changing encounters with God. I don't know about you, but I, I've got stories that are written on threads of carpet in different rooms kind of around this country that I've met God in, and I just don't think God's done writing stories on this carpet, right? Anybody? That's that time I met God and it changed everything. So excited. So excited. Um, all right, Bibles and Notes already said that. You're there? If you're there, say I'm there. Cool, you beat me there because it'll take us a little bit of time. If you are new with our church, last question by a show of hands, high, proud. If you are new to our church since last January, go ahead and raise your hand. New to our church since last January. Amazing. So fun. So fun. Welcome. So if you feel new, we're all new. It's great. 
The reason I ask that is because here at Antioch, January is a fun time for us. We, we enjoy New Year's around here, and we usually like to take January and have it be kind of a big vision time for us. We are a people who like to head into the new year uh, confident and clear on who we are, what God's calling us to. So we spend, especially this month, usually just talking a whole lot of vision. It may not be the most practical thing in the world, but that's because the year's just getting started and we got time. So we like uh, talking about the vision that God has set before us. And uh, I'm going to share that with us this morning and start as we kind of start this year. I want to share some of that this morning. But before we do that, because as you can see, about half or more of our church is new since last January, which uh, means you may not know kind of the story of who we are, not just the practicals of our church, but uh, we believe that when God speaks to us, that the, the, the time that we have been following God as a church, it's not just time that has passed, it's actually like rich history that makes us who we are. And so I want to just share some of that with you this morning as we get going. Can we do a little bit of story time? Anybody in church? So we started in uh, May of 2016. We started in my living room, uh, Heather and I's living room, when we were living in Broderpool by show of hands. Anybody who was in the living room days? Handful, yep. That's about everybody that was there. We started in our living room, and uh, when we started our, our church, when we started this church, we didn't start it because uh, we thought Indianapolis really needed another church. And we didn't start this church because we had finally found the, the fancy pants, secret sauce, newfangled way to do church that nobody else is doing. And so, bless the Lord, we showed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, not, that's not why we started this church. Uh, we started this church uh, because God's alive, and, and he loves you, and he loves us, and he has this habit of inviting us into things that he's doing. And uh, we just feel like God put on our hearts to come and start this church. And when we look at that, we, we didn't look at it as like, oh, whoa, we must be amazing. We look at it in the actual truth, which is that God's alive and he has plans and purposes. And instead of just uh, abdicating us to a life on the sidelines, he actually calls all of us to be able to be a part of his plans, a part of his purposes. And we just figured that, hey, if, if the living God wants to invite us to not live our lives on the sidelines, be a part of what he's doing in this way, then darn it, we're going to give it our best shot because uh, we want to be a part of what God's doing, uh, not just in our church, but in the believers in this city, in the body of Christ in this city. God's doing amazing things in Indianapolis. So as we were starting, we, we were spending time asking God, okay, we're thankful that you are inviting us into something, but why? Why, why, are, you, why are we starting this church? Why do you want this church to exist? What's, what's our lane to run in, kind of in the body of Christ? What, what's, what's our lane to run in? How many of you know you can't do everything all the time? What's our lane to run in? If this is about you, if we're a part of your body, what's, what kind of part of the body, what part of the body are we? And you saw the answer to that question as you walked into church this morning. It's written on the wall, uh, not just to be a nice mural, but, but we believe it's the reason we exist. We believe God spoke to us that the reason he, he called this church to start, what he's called us to do is to preach the gospel of the kingdom and make others great. That's who we are. He's called us to preach, to preach, not just preach from a pulpit, but to proclaim, to live lives that are loud, to not be quiet. But we, we've got something to say with our lives. We've got something to demonstrate with our lives. That's who he's called us to be. He's called us to be active instead of passive. He's called us to be a proclamation of something, and that something is the gospel. That word means good news, not normal news, not bad news, good news. 
Good news. He's called us to be the people who proclaim good news. This good news that we want to be more consumed by. We want to be more motivated by it. We want to be more focused on it. This is who God's called us to be. The good news of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom. If you've been around here for any length of time, you've probably heard us say, because we say it a lot, salvation, this invitation from Jesus to relationship with him, it's not a destination, it's an invitation. The salvation is not just about holding on and waiting for a destination when we die. It's actually an invitation to live as a part of the kingdom of God here and now. We are allowed to participate in real relationship with a living God to see what he really wants to happen, happen for real. Really. And he's called us to make others great. By the grace of God, this Good news has given us a a position before God. It's given us an identity before God that is is so it so surpasses anything we could ever accomplish for ourselves. It's something God gives us by grace. He 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 lets us be made new, he lets us be born again and adopted as children before the King. This is incredible. And what that means is that I never have anything to gain by leveraging anyone else. See, what God gives us by his grace can never be added to. It can never be expanded. it's It's just that good. It's all the way good all the time and still somehow always getting better, but it's just better all by itself. Just carry the one. And that means that the greatest gain of my life, the greatest gain of any of our lives is not to leverage other people for our own greatness, but to give our lives to see people come, become everything that God has called them to be. We're called to preach the gospel of the kingdom. We are called to make others great. We believe God can do anything with a people like that, and we wanna be those people. That's why we exist. And every year, like I said, January is a fun time for us. Every November and December leading up to January, uh, me and some of the other church leadership, we spend time praying and fasting and seeking God and saying, Lord, is there anything you would speak as we head into the new year? We believe God uh, doesn't just stop working when a year ends, that he actually wants to continue to work, continue to move and do great things. And we always ask the Lord, is there anything you would speak specifically to us? And, And wouldn't you know it, God always speaks. And then the fun part, though, is that he always then does a lot more than we thought he was gonna do. It's always super exciting. And so I want to just give you a a little bit of a background of where we're coming from, why we do this every January. In in, in 2016, I guess it was more like May, because that's when we started in our house. What we heard the Lord say to this small group of people in the living room was to take strangers and create family so that you invite people home and not to an event. And if you've ever showed up to our church and thought it felt like home or felt like family, you can thank those people because that's what they gave themselves to. We believe that God is not just building an organization, but that he's building his family. He's building his family and he wants to invite people home, not just to events on Sunday mornings, but he is calling his people home. In 2017, we believe the Lord spoke this phrase, we're moving in, we're moving in. It means that we're not just a people who receive and hear the word of God, receive and hear the promises of God, but that we are a people who move in to the promises of God. We, we get up out of where we are and we go into the things that he's calling us to. Sometimes that's exciting. Sometimes that's scary. But if God says we're going in, then we're going to be a people who move in to the things that God's called us to. For our sake, but for his glory. In 2018, the Lord spoke a simple phrase to us, Jesus people. Jesus people. Anybody here for Jesus people, 2018? We want to be known more than anything 
as a people, as, as Jesus people. We, we don't want to be known as Antioch Community Church and they've got this and that going for them and check this out and all those sorts of things. We just want to be known as Jesus people, that when, when somebody drives by our church, when somebody hears that you go to Antioch, the question ought to be, aren't those those Jesus people? We just want to be obsessed with Jesus, not like a little bit all the way. We want to know him. We want to love him. We want to hear his voice. We want to obey. We want to respond. We want to see him do the things that he says that he does. We want to do the things he says we can do. We want to be the people that he calls us to be. We want to, we want to go deep in Jesus. We believe he's that good. We believe, frankly, the world doesn't need another church. The world needs Jesus. And we want to be a Jesus people. 2019, last year, our word was do not hold back. Do not hold back. No matter our circumstances, no matter what we perceive our ability or inability, we will make room in our life for God. We will make more room for him to do what he wants to do. He is doing more than we can see. He's about to do more than we could ever imagine. And so we're not going to hold back. We're not going to hold back our faith. We're not going to hold back our lives from responding to the things that God's called us to. Just because we don't think it can happen doesn't mean it can't happen. Somebody needed to write that down. I want you to know these aren't just catchphrases that I'm sharing in the beginning of 2020. Cool. Hashtag Antioch Indy. They're not just catchphrases for us. I share that because these are words of promise. These are words of testimony. We could go on for hours talking about each one of these things specifically, how God did exactly that. Like he did exactly what it was, but it was totally different than we thought. It's funny how he always does that. We could share testimonies forever. And I want you to know these words because they're not just things of the past. They're, they're cornerstones of our character as God builds this church, as God builds us as a people. And so if, if this is your church, this is who you are. Whether you have been here since day one or whether today is your day one, that's what you showed up to this morning. All of that that I just talked about. There's momentum behind this morning. We're not just here because it's another Sunday. There's something going on. And we get to be a part of it. So welcome to the river. I hope you get sucked in and we just off into the great things of God. Amen. So as we step into this new year, into this new decade, we just still believe God's not done talking. So we're going to keep listening. And uh, we believe God's spoken something for us as a church that I'm excited to share about uh, with you this year. And the word that I believe that God has given us for this year, 2020, and as we step into this new decade, I want you to write it down on your paper. And if somebody's not writing it down, give them the church elbow and tell them to write it down. I believe God's speaking to us this, this simple phrase, the gloves are off. The gloves are off. I think it sounds cool, but I don't totally know what it means. <laughs> and I just want to, you know, warn you that this message I'm about to share, it's like not going to be like the most practical thing in the whole world. Like, oh man, three steps to live your best life in a new decade. The gloves are off. Praise the Lord. <laughs> like, it's not that thing, you know. This, this message, it's kind of like an introduction to like a whole series that might actually be 52 weeks long. I don't know. But uh, I'm excited as we've been praying over the last month or so into this. It just seems like we may run with this the whole year. I don't know. So this is like the introduction to an introduction that is an introduction. So if it feels like that, that's okay. Is why we're in this for the long haul. And we're not just here for the one, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, some of us are here for the long haul. 
The gloves are off. I can't wait to see what God speaks. I'm gonna be honest, those words that we just went over from the past, they made a lot more sense at the beginning than this one makes sense to me right now. But I want you to know something. When something's confusing from God, it's not because he's ditched you, it's because he's inviting you. And somebody needs that in this new year. Someone's gonna say it again, just for some, sometimes we tune out in church. Are you right? I mean, come on. I know you're not you, but the person next to you. Sometimes they tune out. When God's confusing you, he's not leaving you. He's calling you into something deeper. And so I'm excited that, that we've got this word that I'm just like, what's, this is just the start. We're gonna dig into this thing and see what in the world God's speaking. It sounds cool. It kind of makes me go, ooh, but I don't totally know what it means. God ever done anything that made you go, ooh, what's that? It's like when I saw my wife. Ooh, what was that? It's kind of like that. The gloves are off. The gloves are off. So the message I want to share with you this morning to kick off our kickoff of the kickoff of the decade is a message entitled, The Gloves Are Off, My God. The gloves are off, my God. I think God wants to tell you something as we start this decade God might want to remind you of some things as we start this decade. And I just have two things that I want to share with you this morning. Two things I think God wants us to know that God wants to remind us of as we start off this year. And it's encapsulated that this truth that the gloves are off of my God. The gloves are off, my God. I just turn to Luke 19.10. Is anybody still there? I mean, that was like so long ago. When's this pastor ever going to read the Bible? What kind of church is this anyways? Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus is speaking. And he says this, big phrase, short verse, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Short verse, big verse. I mean, this is God in the flesh, you know, making a little bit of an announcement here. I'm here, and here's a reason. Y'all don't forget this part. <laughs> I mean, like sometimes Jesus says things that are super weird, super confusing, borderline offensive, not borderline offensive, extremely offensive. Let's be real. But this is one of those that's just the straight shooter. For the, I'm telling you right here, right now, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I believe as we start this decade, God wants us to know something. God wants us to be reminded of something. This is the first thing I want to tell you this morning, that the gloves are off his open hand. I want you to know this about your God. The gloves are off his open hand. The gloves are off his open hand. So many people think that God is a far off God. That God is an egotistical and insecure God. That God is off, far away, angry at people because they don't show up to church enough. People think that God is a far off God, angry, barely tolerating human beings in your existence. But I want to tell you this decade, that is not who your God is. That is not who God is. God is a confident father. God is a, a confident father who loves you, who pursues you. He is not barely tolerating your existence. God is reaching out to you. God is reaching out to you. And he's reaching out to you with an open hand. And he's reaching out to you with an open hand. And the gloves are off. There's no rubber gloves shielding him from the mess that you've made. There's no latex gloves shielding him from the wounds that you have. God is reaching out to you with an open hand and the gloves are off. 
We need a revelation of God. We need a revelation of God. And I think God's speaking to this because he wants to give us a revelation like we've never understood. I believe this is going to be a year, a decade, a morning of knowing God, of seeing God in new ways, of understanding him for who he really is and who he's always been. We're about to get a revelation of God. We're going to see him. We're going to see him this year. This word is an invitation to see him for who he is, to understand that his hand is wide open. We need a revelation of this. We need a revelation that the hands of Jesus, they are pure. The hands of Jesus, they are holy. But the hands of Jesus, they are not clean. The hands of Jesus are pure. The hands of Jesus are holy, but they are not clean. They're not clean. They're dirty from touching the leper who needed healing. They're dirty from riding in the sand instead of stoning the woman caught in adultery. They're dirty. His, his hands are dirty from washing the feet of the disciples. His hands are dirty from being torn and broken open and bleeding on the cross. These hands, they are holy. These hands, they are pure. But his hands are not, dirt, are not clean. They are not clean. The gloves have come off of the hand of God. And that's really good news that God has dirty hands. It's good news that God has dirty hands because then that means that his clean hands aren't scared of your dirt. His dirty hands can't be scared of your dirt. How could he be scared of your dirt when he's the one who reached down into the dirt to form you and picked you up and breathed into your nostrils the breath of life? How, 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 how could God be scared of your dirt? How could God be surprised by your past? He's not surprised by your past. How could he be? When he's the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. He's the one who knows every hair on your head. He's the, know, he's the one who knows every day before it began. He's the one who knows you're going in and you're coming out. You're sitting down and you're standing up. How, how could he be surprised by some past that you have? God is not surprised by your past and God is not shocked by your sin. How could God be shocked by your sin when the Bible tells us that Christ demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, he died for us. He didn't buy you thinking you were clean. The gloves are off. The gloves are off. If you need God to touch you, if you need this decade to start off with some good news, you're in the right place because I've got it for you. God isn't reaching out to you with a 10-foot pole. He is seeking you out with his bare, open, extended hand. And he is reaching out to save you. He's reaching out to bring you home. He is reaching out to pull you out of the pit and set your feet on the rock. God's hand is not too short to save. He's reaching out and the gloves are off his open hand. The gloves are off his open hand. How are we doing? And there's another thing he wants you to know. It's also really good news. <laughs> it's really exciting. It's really fun. Yeah. 2020, the year of no fun in church. <laughs> Luke 19.10 says that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I had you turn to 1 John 3. I want you to turn to that as well. 1 John 3. So Luke 19, 10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. 1 John 3, 8, it says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared. Does this sound familiar? 
The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, and the Son of God appeared. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The gloves are off God's open hand. And the second thing I want you to know about your God this year is that the gloves are off his clenched fist. The gloves are off his clenched fist. Buzzkill. We were doing good. Talking about love and mercy, right? (laughs) But this is good. I want you to just stick with it. Just stick with it. Trust him. Trust him for a few minutes. The gloves are off his clenched fist. I want you to know God is good. I want you to know that God is love. I want you to know that God is a father and he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. He is all of those things. And as the king of kings, as the Lord of lords, he has an agenda. He has an agenda. He didn't get voted in. You know, sometimes we vote on politicians' agenda, right? We pick the one we like. He didn't get voted in. He's just in. And the good news is he's got an agenda. He's got things to do. He's got things on his mind. He's got, he's got, he's got something planned. He's, he's got work to do. He has an agenda. And the agenda is this. You don't have to be really in the dark about it. So many times we're wondering, what does God want to do? What's the calling on my life? Here's God's agenda. His agenda is for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what you're called to. That's the will of God for your life. I know we all want something way more super specific and special just for us. And like that, that does exist. And also it's all the same. <laughs> Bring the kingdom of God. You're free. Now go. Let's just. <laughs> I'm just saying sometimes we're like, oh, I can't do anything until I know. <laughs> now we know. That's right. Let's go. All right, God has an agenda. I'll move on from trying to encourage you about the call of God on your life and I'll just preach the message I got. Don't worry worry about it. He's got an agenda and it's for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He has an agenda for his glory to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. He has an agenda to execute justice against injustice. He has an agenda to repay evil rightly, to judge rightly against everything that opposes him and therefore opposes all that is good and all that is right and all that is just. I'm thankful for a king that is just. I'm thankful for a king that is righteous. And on his agenda is to make sure that that righteousness happens. I'm excited and I'm thankful that things don't go unseen. I'm excited that things don't go unnoticed. I'm excited that things don't go untaken care of, if that's a word. That is what God's agenda is, and his gloves are off against anything that would stand in his way. He is preeminent in all things. He is the purpose of all things. He is the source of all that is good and all that is perfect. Everything was made through him and by him and for him. Your God is not insecure that he would compromise his character for our approval. He's not a respecter of persons in the sense that he would hold one higher than another because of skin color or some economic background or social status or some sort of accomplishments or track record. What he says goes. Who he is is the truth. What he does is good. All of it. Anything and all of it. He always does good. Whatever he does, it's good. And he upholds the universe by his word. By the word of his power. I want you to know something about your God as you start this year. I want you to know something about your God as you start this decade. He is not scared of the devil. He is not scared of the devil. He is not nervous about his ability to do the things that he wants to do. He is not unsure of his identity. He is not questioning his power. 
He is not anxious about his supremacy. He is not doubtful about his judgments. He is not wavering about his word. He is not ashamed of his agenda. He is not shy about his glory. The gloves are off. He is tender. He is meek. And he is gentle. But it is not because he's weak. It is because he is so strong. And all of this. Anybody else got one of those lives? You're like, oh, all that. That's the stuff I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the theory stuff. I'm talking about you. And all that. After all that, because all of that, because of all that, in light of all that, it makes it even more scandalous that he would love with an outstretched hand that is open and bare. What a God. In Joshua chapter 5, I don't know that I'll have you turn there, but you can if you want to if you're an overachiever. We will be handing out bonus points after church that do count for things. Um, my wife's going to tell you all about it later. In Joshua chapter 5, we're going to put the verses up here on, on, on the screen in just a second. Um, but I'm going to give you a quick Bible lesson. This is like a super short one to help you read the Bible. Anybody ever thought the Bible was hard to read? Okay. Okay, for me and Sam and the, the rest of <laughs> I have a hard time sometimes, so it's good to know the big story that's going on, right? So Joshua chapter 5 is in the book of, of Joshua. It's about this guy named Joshua. Joshua was the leader of the people of Israel. He came after a guy named Moses. You probably heard of Moses before. Uh, he's a big deal in the Bible. Moses uh, led the people out of Egypt. You've probably heard of the 10 plagues, and they were in slavery for like 400 years, and then they were in the wilderness for a long time. And I'm telling you all of this because we're working backwards on the timeline of what the Old Testament is kind of all about. This is kind of the macro story of the Old Testament, so whenever you read it, you don't just read one verse at a time and you're like, what the heck is that? Because there's plenty of those. But you can read it in the scope of the big thing. So what happens is God decides he wants to show himself to the whole world. Yes. Did you know that's what the Old Testament is about? Not just the New Testament? The Old Testament is about God wanting to show himself to the whole world. So what he does is he picks a people, the Israelites, and he says, I'm going to show, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to be my people. So not so that you can be the only ones, but so that you can be the ones who walk around and are blessed by being under me so that the rest of the world sees and says, Hey, what they have is way better than what we have. And you say, come on in. See, you got to kind of, you got to, got to, got to, got to show one person how awesome it is so that everybody else has something to look at. Okay. So that's what's going on in the old Testament. The problem with the people of God is that the people, you ever met people? Man, people are a mess. People are thick-headed. And I'm telling you, if you read the Old Testament, you will get extremely offended by the people God chose to use. I read some of these guys and girls, and I'm like, y'all are jacked up. How could God use you? He's like, <clears throat> Anyways, that's what the Old Testament is about, okay? So God's picking his people, and he's showing them, and then they got, he's got to take them on this journey centuries long. Because they got thick heads. You ever met a person with a thick head? I know it's not you, the person next to you. Got thick heads and God's trying to get through to them but they turn from God and all sorts of crazy things happen. They end up in slavery for a long time and then what happens is the Exodus, the book of Exodus is about them leaving slavery. And so the reason that this story is all good is that it's not just a historical lesson about the people of Israel. It is the gospel. 
That we are lost in our sin, slaves to sin, but God sends a one to come and set all of us free so that we can step into the things that he's called to. I wanted you to know the gospel is all over every page of this Bible. Okay, so that's what's going on. The exodus happens. They're pulled out of slavery. Anybody thankful you've been pulled out of slavery? It wasn't just them thick-headed people. It's us thick-headed people. Come on, somebody. All right, here we go. So he pulls them out of slavery. They go in the wilderness for a long time. That's a whole long story. Moses is the guy. So now we got Joshua. I mean, he like takes Moses' place. This dude must be important. And it's time. This is where we got our word for 2017. We're moving in. Joshua, that book of Joshua is all about now it's time. It's been hundreds of years of waiting, but now it's time to go into the land that God has promised so that you can be the people God's called you to be, so that he can demonstrate like he wants to, so that the nations of the earth can see now's the time. Joshua, he's got to lead them in. Now we're in Joshua chapter five. And uh, anybody ever heard of the battle of Jericho? See, we're all working together here, okay? So Jericho is Joshua chapter six. We're in Joshua chapter five, which is right before chapter six. So we're leading up to Jericho, march around the walls, all kinds of amazing things. Jericho is the first battle that they win to take the land. So we're like, I mean, imagine a 450 some odd year long movie and now you're at the climax. It's like, it's, we're like, we're not there. We're like, they're there. You know what I'm saying? It's time to take this land. It's time to go. In Joshua 5, something crazy happens. We see what's called a, a Christophany that theologians call, of which I am not one, but I know they're big words sometimes. Makes me sound smart. Joshua chapter 5, what it means is it's a, it's a Jesus shows up. It, it says an angel of the Lord, and sometimes that, sometimes that means an angel, but sometimes that it's Jesus. And we know it because Joshua ends up worshiping this angel. And every time that angels are worshiped in the Bible, they freak out. And they're like, no, 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 no. Don't, you can't do that. But in this one, he's like, yep, only Jesus does that. Because they all saw what happened last time when an angel tried to get worship. I'm telling you, this make, it, 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 it makes, it works. Okay, Joshua chapter five. Did you just learn how to read the Bible a little bit more? Because that's great, okay. Um, Joshua chapter five. So here's what happens. Jericho's like right about to happen. And Joshua is out here in verse 13, Joshua five. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. This is Jesus. And Joshua went to him and he said, are you for us or for our adversaries? And Jesus says to him, no. See, this is so encouraging, so exciting, and very unsettling, what I'm about to read. No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua falls on his face and says, oh, shoot, my bad. And he worships him, and he says, what, does the, what I meant to say was, what does the Lord say to his servant? <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Sorry. See, that's what a revelation looks like of the clenched fist of God. And this is amazing news. This is great news. This is amazing news because Joshua sees Jesus. He has this interaction with him. And he comes up to him and he's like, hey, we're the people of God. I'm the leader. Like, this is time. We're on the precipice. Like, here we go. You're on our team, right? And God's like, no, I'm not on your team. Oh, are you on their team? No, I'm not on their team. And God makes it very clear. I'm on my team. I'm on my team. We need to understand this about God. God, God. God is not on my team. 
I'm on God's team. I, that, 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 that's how that works. So what I'm trying to say is this matters because if we're going to know God deeply, if we're going to walk in his power and intimacy, then we have to understand that God's to-do list does not include helping you build your kingdom. God is not for you in the sense that he is for you. God is for you because you are for him. And we've got to understand who he really is so that we can know him like we really can. Don't expect God this this year, this decade, don't expect God to bless something that you're not honoring him with. Don't expect God to fight a battle for you where you're fighting against him. Don't expect him to work something out for your good if you aren't loving him and walking according to his will. And, and, and when you bow your knee, when you surrender your life, when you listen to his voice, don't be surprised when he does come. Don't be surprised when that clenched fist comes and starts breaking down walls just because you praised God. Don't be surprised when he blesses what you allow him to touch. Don't be surprised when God moves where you welcome him to move the way he wants to move for him. Don't be surprised when you experience the victory of the Lord in a battle that you're fighting. What I'm trying to say is that the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. And so don't be surprised that when you stop standing with the devil on something and you start taking a stand against the devil, you see the Son of Man destroy the devil. Don't be surprised. The gloves are off. His clenched fist is fighting. And we have this amazing invitation to surrender. To bow to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is fighting to bring his kingdom, who is fighting to exact justice, who is fighting to bring healing, who is fighting to bring salvation to the nations of the earth, who is not on my team, he's not on your team, he's not on some politician's team, he's not on some nation's team. God's on God's team. And when God fights, he fights to win. When God hits, he hits hard. And when God wants to bring his kingdom, his kingdom comes. It's who he is. It's what he does. I want you to know as we close this morning, as we start this decade off right, this is not a year, this is not a decade, this is not a moment in our life, this is not a lifetime about waiting for God to do something new that he's ever done before. Praise the Lord. God spoke to Andrew. Now he took his gloves off. It's not like that. This is not a year where we wait for God to do something new. This is a year of invitation from the Lord to come and let him teach us to believe something that's always been true. The gloves are off. I want you to stand as we close this morning. I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna have our prayer team come forward just like they always do. And just like we always say, if you need prayer for anything, if you need to respond to anything that God's speaking to you, we are a people who respond to the word of God, not just hear it. This is an invitation. You might be here this morning and you need to understand that God is reaching out to you with an open hand and you've been rejecting it because you've misunderstood what his hand is all about. You might be here this morning and you're realizing that God's convicting you and he's saying, you're fighting against my clenched fist and my clenched fist doesn't lose, so it'd be good if you just surrendered so that I can fight on your behalf. You might need to repent of something and turn from something this morning. You might be here. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered. You've never had that Joshua moment where you've realized, you know what? This is all about you. And I need you. I need you. I need to be about your business and about what you're doing. If you want to know the good news of Jesus, it's just what we've been talking about all this morning. The point of this message is not that we are poor, decrepit sinners and hopefully God has enough mercy to not kill us this year. The point is that that is who we used to be. But we've been born again by the grace of God saved by grace that we might be new creations the old is gone the new has come 
And God wants to teach us how to be that new creation. If you've never made that decision, don't leave. Don't let this year go. Don't let this decade go. Don't let today go. Just give in. I just want you to know we've been praying this new prayer around here. God, make it impossible for somebody to come to our church who doesn't know you and leave without giving their life to you. So if that's you, sorry. Just do it. Give your life to Jesus. We're going to worship, and I want every single one of us to respond. And as I pray, we're all taking our hands out of our pockets. We're all uncrossing our arms, and we're putting our hands out in front of us because that's how you receive something. That's how you receive something. And God is not shouting at you. He's giving something to you. He's presenting an invitation for you to know him this year, this decade, in a way that you understand that the gloves are off. Jesus, we love you. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. We're asking that every single one of us would respond to what you're doing inside of us. For any one of us who needs a miracle, Lord, come and have your way and let your kingdom come. But we're asking for healing right now in Jesus' name. We're asking for salvation, God, right now. Anybody in here who doesn't know you, I pray that, it, that your hand would just grab them just enough to make them have to respond, Lord, to it, Father. Let new life happen in this place in Jesus' name. But I pray that we wouldn't hold on to anything that keeps us back from you. That we wouldn't push away your hand in any way. But that we would worship you. So come, Holy Spirit. We want to thank you again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can check us out on social media at Antioch Indy or go to our website, www.antiochindy.com.